and welcome to Three at the Back, the football analytics podcast from Opta Pro. I'm Ryan Byer and I'll be your host for this latest episode, on which I'm joined by two excellent guests. First up, we have Tom Warville, data scientist at Opta Pro. Tom, good to have you back on for the first time in a year. Yeah, nice to be back. Feels like uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain returning after a spell <laughs> out on the sidelines. Just a less handsome version. Wow. Um, you have been in Australia for the last three weeks, months? Yeah, a couple of that's two weeks, let's not uh, exaggerate the truth. Uh, meeting, yeah, a couple of clients out there, cricket and rugby and football, so slightly out of my depth, but um, all went really well, and then presenting at the uh, Sports Tech World Series in Melbourne too, which was, was good, alongside uh, our very own Patrick Lucy. What was your presentation about? Uh, essentially talking about some narratives around the Premier League using our new kind of sequence data, expected goals, expected assists. The usage of analytics out there is probably a bit behind where we are in the UK, so you know a lot of that stuff that may not seem completely new to regular listeners of this podcast is probably newer you know down under so presenting some stories from from that lovely stuff and if anyone's going to melbourne tomorrow have you got any recommendations or advice for them good question caught me slightly off guard that uh fitzroy was a nice area it was billed to me as kind of the shoreditch of melbourne so obviously appeals to a 25 year old east london dwelling (laughs) (laughs) data uh, analyst, yeah. <laughs> Good, stick to your comfort zones. Yeah, exactly. And joining Tom is three at the back debutant, Will Gerpen and Morgan. Many of you will already know Will from his public analytics work, which I believe has been going on for eight or so years. So Will joined us, uh, I want to say around six months to a year ago, but I'm sure Will's going to correct me. Will, anyway, good to have you on. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, you split the difference. It was January. So, oh, yeah. well, that's perfect good then. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be focusing today's episode primarily on the 2020 OptiPro Analytics Forum. Um, it launched last week, but before we get started, I've got a quick question for you both, and it is, which Premier League summer signing do you think will have the biggest impact this season and why? Okay, I'll kick off. So my summer signing, twisted the rule slightly, is the signing of the FFP ban to Chelsea. It's going to be interesting for Chelsea to see how Frank Lampard deals with that with the young squad. We're going to get a lot of minutes out of Tammy Abraham, Mason Mounts. Uh, and then potentially, you know, Tamori and Reese James come in later in the season. There's a great piece on The Athletic recently of Lampard being really hands-on with Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount around staying after training, trying to get them to, you know, better positions and, and more used to Premier League life that they've been thrown into right at the deep end. So I'm quite excited to see how this Chelsea team sinks or swims with those uh, barriers in place. I feel like I've been robbed of an answer there, but it is quite quite an interesting one. Didn't even mention Christian Pulisic, who could have doubled up as both. Yep. Will? Uh, can I go for one actual signing and one <laughs> like a new signing who's yeah. already been mentioned? <laughs> I'll go with the actual signing first. Uh, so, partly just because I'm kind of curious. I don't know if he'll have the most impact, but I, Alex Iwobi at Everton. Yeah, he always yeah he always shows up pretty well in like passing stuff, both in terms of like keeping the ball, but also like progressing like into dangerous zones like the penalty area and stuff. And maybe that's something that Everton missing a little bit, you know. So kind of. Intrigued to see how he gets on. He's still only uh, 23, so he's one of those players that maybe people kind of focus on what he can't do, whereas if you look at what he does do, he actually does it quite well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of, maybe not the most impact, but kind of interested to see how he gets on. As a kind of, kind of silent Arsenal fan, I thought that move was kind of a, a bad one from a selling point of view, just because Arsenal needs to replace Ozil at some point with a creative passer, and yeah, like we were saying, it will be actually looks pretty legit from that point of view, so yeah. Probably agree on that one. And my like a new signing. So you, you already got mentioned. So it's uh, Oxley Chamberlain at Liverpool. So I say this as a Liverpool fan. They probably overperformed a little bit last year. And you know, 
I mean, it's going to be hard to repeat the season, but if they are going to kind of improve, Klopp's been very good. Like, obviously, the, they've been nailing the recruitment. That's helped. Yeah. But also, he's managed to kind of evolve each year. So I think maybe, you know, having Ox Cater comes into this bracket as well. <laughs> you know, having that kind of a bit more incision, a bit more dynamic kind of midfielders, maybe that's an area where, you know, as good as the, uh, the current midfielder are and have been maybe you know that's one way they can involve and maybe improve a little bit so yeah you know so both uh liverpool uh <laughs> merseyside based <laughs> yeah. yeah no uh, three good answers or two one well one answer for the question i actually asked <laughs> and two interesting answers <laughs> anyway we'll move on to to the main topic which is the OptiPro analytics forum so as i said the event launched last week in terms of the call for proposals now, for those who don't know what the event is, it's essentially a presentation-based conference that applies analytics to answer football questions that are relevant to either recruitment, uh, performance analysis, assessing opponents, or perhaps long-term strategic planning within a club. Um, we have around 80 clubs, leagues, federations from around the world attending, and it's a great chance for um, a learning opportunity from their side and just to understand exactly what insights we can gain from data in ways that haven't been looked at before. So we've... Um, yeah, we've evolved the event this year as well. We've um, we've had some more some more club level involvement around connecting clubs with speakers early on uh, for relevant topics for taking away areas of assumption. We'll go into that in a bit more detail later. Full details can be found on the OptiPro website or by searching the hashtag OptiPro Forum on Twitter, which includes how to submit, what to include in a uh, proposal, and so on. The event has been running since 2014, um, so we're now. Six years in, I think, maybe on to our seventh. So, Will, I believe you've attended maybe all of them. I missed the f- very first one, but you, I've been every year. You and me both. Since, Tom, yeah. you might be in the same boat. Yep, same boat. So, um, in terms of the highlights of talks that you, you've been a part of, you know, you've seen, um, could you talk through a couple of them, what you liked about them and why? There's a few. <laughs> but um, one I particularly enjoyed, uh, partly just because he's a bit of a mate, but uh, Marek, I'm not going to butcher his surname, but uh, he did one uh, in 2018, so last year on shooting skill primarily. It was also a little bit of goalkeeper stuff as well. I, I Partly, I think we'll talk about you know what makes a successful presentation, but I think partly just he injected a bit of humour into it. He's got that sort of acerbic wit kind of, you know, so that's always quite enjoyable, a bit of personality. But um, there was quite a nice kind of mix of maths and, you know, sort of results and applications, which I think, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mind a bit of maths, so I, I enjoy that kind of thing. <laughs> I enjoyed Mladen and Dan's presentation last year, kind of using the tracking data in the first, I guess, framework we've seen built out of this, essentially looking about disrupting the shape of opposition sides using tracking data. Straight away feels it's something that would be applicable for a first-team analyst to then quickly use our data to find clips to inform you know, training to inform the plan of a game happening next Saturday. And obviously, those guys went on to, to get club jobs. Mladen's currently head of football analytics at Leicester, uh, and Dan currently is consulting with Rangers. So really shows the, the platform that the forum can give uh, people, you know, the presenters to showcase their work and then sell themselves a bit to potential clubs. Definitely. And I think, as you you both pointed out with your, with your, with your options, two talks that essentially answer questions relevant to coaches and those areas. So shooting skills, an obvious one, and then um, Milan and Dan in terms of crediting players that either, you know, find space or disrupt opposition shape as well. Which players do that that perhaps we, um, or can we quantify that in a way we've not been able to before? Another one I want to talk about briefly was a presentation that we had from FC Barcelona last year. Carlos Rodriguez. Indeed, indeed. And um, could you tell us a bit about his presentation? 
Uh, again, it, part, partly because there was a bit, you know, personality and humor. I I enjoyed, it was on body pose and uh, he, he began the presentation by looking at the screen rather than the audience. So it was quite funny watching I've Ryan. Never been so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> watching Ryan have kittens. But, uh, <laughs> so that, but that was quite amusing. And then he turned to the audience and explained how body pose was important, which was very nice. But it was, it was a good example of that kind of cutting edge kind of in terms of like the sort of maths and, you know, sort of data science behind it, but also, you know, very applicable. And I think it's kind of drawing you closer to what, you know, we as football fans or coaches actually, things we're trying to actually, oh, okay, you know, how do they actually receive the ball and stuff like this? You know, we try and like proxy for that kind of stuff in event data, but, you know, it's all very inferential rather than, you know, this is a much more direct measure. So it felt like a bit of a leap forward, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Paul Power was speaking about it on the, the most recent pod in terms of being able to almost assess if you can play a pass to a player that doesn't have to break stride or you play it in the right position that allows them to carry on their movement rather than those when you see it when someone perhaps squares it to someone else yard behind them and the pass is completed but the momentum of the move, move is perhaps disrupted. And I suppose another person we've seen do some really interesting work with tracking data is Will Spearman as well. Yeah, yeah, like Will's uh, presented a couple of times. I think, uh, I can't remember which way around it was. I think the first one was on the passing model and then it, pitch control or the other way around. <laughs> Both were very good. Again, like proper cutting edge kind of, you know, applications using like tracking and event data kind of stuff. Also uh, in his, uh, the physics-based uh, passing model, I enjoyed his sincere apology for not including the Magnus effect in the model, <laughs> which I think... Went over the head of most people in the audience, but I appreciated it, <laughs> just being a bit of a physics geek. <laughs> and I suppose Will's been a prime example of it, with that creative freedom is perhaps a wrong word, but with tracking data, you've almost got those a, a whole like, field of areas that you can look into and that haven't been explored yet as well. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of questions which you probably can't answer. I mean, Will kind of mentioned it briefly, you know, we can try and proxy stuff with event data, but... Yeah, there's a ton of questions you can't actually answer properly with event data and you can with tracking data. So therefore, there's a lot of value. There's probably a lot of questions for, you know, potential forum submitters who, you know, who are interested in applying and then presenting at the forum such that, you know, getting access to this data first to just like get to grips with it and learn how to use a fairly different data set, probably one that, that isn't that com commonplace in other industries, I think sport tracking data and sport event data is quite a unique data set to have to work with and then yeah there's you know, near, near limitless questions you can answer i think a lot of the focus at the moment has been around kind of overarching you know pitch control and space control models things like that but there's still you know low-hanging fruit um from like can we look at finding whenever a player makes a third man run or something like that really like obvious tactical uh, you know maneuvers that players and teams make that we can actually then sort of count and uh, quantify using the tracking data. Yeah, even for example, you know, focusing on the shape of just a back four as well, for example, as you said, runs up beyond the ball and those areas, really interesting areas. Yeah. To flip it uh, in its entirety, uh, we've also seen some really interesting presentations that have perhaps used just aggregated data as well and not gone the full um, whole hog as such with tracking and full event data. Um, ben Torveny has been one example, I think, has done some really good work on looking at players that transfer league and looking at trying to trying to quantify that. Yeah, I guess from, from speaking to recruitment analysts and clubs it always seems that league exchange rates are something they're really key for them so you know they'll flag someone who is in Bundesliga's Vi and they want to understand you know how comparable is his performance if they want to move him to you know championship or, or something like that so it's a really really key piece of work and something that adding it to products and, and things like that in the market is, is dead, dead useful and I also kind of like Ben's work last year around kind of he's trying to look at team styles he did it in a 
in a fairly complex manner, but I think that that work around kind of looking at team styles wasn't too far off, you know, being able to put that into a product or, or a tool or something like that, and analysts being able to use it. So a lot of ideas from a kind of analyst point of view, but also from a, you put on your kind of like product owner hat as well. There's a lot, you know, you can take where it's a fairly raw idea at this stage, but there's a bit of work could actually create a, a product out of that. Excellent. And Ben was someone who worked closely with, uh, he was paired with Lucy Rushton at Atlanta United on both his presentations, I believe, as um, as part of what we've done to sort of connect practitioners with presenters to help sort of answer some questions along the way, help shape the presentation for audiences. I know Ben's spoken really highly of, of Lucy in terms of how she's helped shape his work. So moving on, Will, you have presented twice at the forum. You are now, you've now graduated to judging school. So, yeah, your advice to people in terms of both how you found it from a presenting, uh, proposing side and what you'd be, you know, what you're looking for now, perhaps what you'd like to see. Well, caveat in it with you probably shouldn't listen to people on the Internet. But um, I think my kind of main approach, I guess, is choose a topic like with your football hat on first, you know, right before you get to methods and data and all that kind of stuff. You know, what football question do you want to answer? And then think about, okay, you know, Obviously, we've got options in terms of the data, but this is, you know, then think about, okay, what data do I need to actually answer that question? And then, you know, what method am I going to use? You know, because there are, you know, there are infinite methods and football is more kind of constrained. You can think about, okay, this is the question I want to answer. And I think that also helps then when it comes to the so what kind of question, which is, you know, obviously fundamental to the applications. If it If it's not clear why you want to know or answer this question, then probably not going to get selected yeah and one thing we've added this year is people who are looking to submit with an idea they can request a bit of a deeper sample as well to help build the idea out or to help provide a bit more uh, meat on the bones for a proposal obviously people have different levels of familiarity with OptaData, so we want to allow people to uh, to work with that data or to get a bit more familiar with it in the terms of those ideas how did how did you find it in terms of your process did you take the same did you take your own advice when you were submitting and presenting a few years back yeah, I mean, all, all the work I've ever done, like in the football analyst, analytics kind of stuff, has always been like, okay, you know, what's this question? It's watching a game at the weekend and thinking, oh, I wonder, you know, can I measure that or quantify that or, you know, model that? That's always how I've approached it. So, yeah, I very much took that kind of advice. Yeah, <laughs> just hoping we don't have a whole raft of submissions that are focusing on VAR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And in terms of if we were going to break down a talk in a bit of detail, what would sort of make a successful presentation in terms of whether it's a concise topic, um, the application of that analysis, um, the more methodology elements, what's what's been displayed visually? What do you, Tom? What have you sort of found that you've been drawn to most in terms of talks? Yeah, I guess a big one for me is probably you know even though I'd like to hear more of the science and method behind it, it feels that to capture the attention of most of the room, it's good to keep the science a bit to a minimum, and it's kind of become a bit of a a meme of the last few years of, oh, here's the one science slide. Um, but I do think that is quite effective and, and mainly talking around the approach you're taking and actually what the value you're adding is probably more important than what Python package you use to complete the analysis. So that's one. I, I also think another one where we could really benefit submitters from, from focusing on is just more videos. A lot of the work we'll get at the end of this will not be 2D moving dots on a pitch. It will be getting the clips out video from that and feeding that to a coach or you know or the head coach so I think that showing 
how you've gone from data to actual football and then communicating that through videos is really, really important. Yeah, I think um, John Mark Sisman from a year or two ago um, did that really well, applied a lot of a lot of video examples which helped bring it to life and you could you could understand the application to coaches both you know straight from that presentation. Yeah, I'd also kind of say that it's really important to really focus your analysis on what specific area you're, you're answering that question in. So we'll say it's good to have a football question, but are you answering whether Mesut Ozil's lazy from a recruitment context um, or from a you know opposition analysis context? I think that those help engage the different people in the room. If you're a first team analyst for a team, you're not going to be that interested in the recruitment stuff. But it'd be good you know upfront to to try and engage those people to get the maximum benefit of you know their attention and uh, them listening. Excellent. And Will, in terms of your experiences, what do you think? Um, what do you look for from a talk, or what have you found that you've you've engaged most in? I mean, I, I think it helps when people maybe just take their time a little bit, like just in terms of like the delivery, you know, trying to be engaging and not just kind of rush through. Is it 20 minutes? Yeah, it's about 20, 25 minutes you get, I suppose, from about three or four months of, of work, which I appreciate when you put it like that. It sounds a bit, <laughs> it's a bit harsh on the person who's done so much work, and there's probably so much to talk about, both work they've done or things that have been tried or things that they can do in the future as well. So, yeah. I mean, uh, coming from academia, they're quite often 12 minutes or something like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, you know, taking your time, you know, giving a bit of room to breathe so that people are coming along with you, not just, you're not just hammering through four slides a minute kind of thing. Like, there's nothing worse than when people put PowerPoint up and it says, you know, <laughs> one, of, one of 60. <laughs> Being somewhat concise, I think, ha- helps you know rather than kind of meandering and you know these are the hundred different things you can do with this method you know it's better to sort of try and hammer one thing a bit more you know just so it's a bit clearer a bit more concise I think I think one thing that really helps me anyway is uh, when it comes to visuals is just having like a consistent style like I think if you if you have five different chart types in 20 minutes and literally every time you put the slide up you're like dancing around trying to figure out what's going on whereas if there's like a fairly consistent theme to stuff I think you can follow along a lot easier and you're also listening the whole time rather than trying to figure out what the hell is going on yeah definitely and that's even uh, linked to something that we've seen a lot of in terms of even how those charts are labeled as well and just having that takeaway message there I've always wondered I'd it'd probably be quite brave to do it and it might not even work but whether you'd even put the application or conclusion slide at the very beginning to say I'm going to talk about this. Here's how it can help you win. Here's how you can help recruit better players. I'm now going to talk. I'm now going to sort of put a bit more meat on the bone. But that sort of key takeaway message could become the first and last thing that people hear from it. But easier for me to say not presenting, I suppose. Yeah, I don't. I think that's a, a good show, especially in an age of people are so connected to the the phones and attention spans. Attention spans are so short. Getting the attention early doors to try and lock those people in is is probably a good good thing to do. Working in academia, I did like quite a lot of sort of science communication stuff. And like, so we had sort of media professionals come in and do like these workshops. And they were like, you know, when you write abstracts, you always put the most important thing at the end. Well, in newspapers, we put the most important thing first <laughs> and like, because people actually read the first line, <laughs> you know, and it's a similar concept. Yeah. Oh, so maybe my idea isn't that bad after all. <laughs> Excellent. I think it's your first organic idea in six years. <laughs> still counts there right yeah, true. Um, so we've spoken a lot about topics we we have seen um, things we've liked but are there any areas that perhaps haven't been touched on yet that um, you think would be really interesting to explore further and would like to see some submissions of that particularly on your case well, as a judge but Tom as someone who's sort of um, got a pretty pretty strong knowledge of this whole field I guess 
the movement from we kind of originally started with descriptive, descriptive analytics of what happened in a more kind of nuanced and and smart way of understanding the game, then to kind of predictive analytics, the stuff that kind of Ben Torbany did and other such approaches. And now I think that we're starting to get to more prescriptive stuff of, you know, directly can go to a coach or an analyst and say, I think we should approach the game with this strategy because the data sort of says that this is a good approach that we can win the game with. Um, we've kind of seen that with, with the questions we get from clubs, both Joe Mulberry at, at Norseland and um, Tom Goodall at, at Derby as well. So that for me will be really interesting to see a if we get any submissions from it, which I, you know hopefully we should do, uh, and then b kind of the approaches that, that people take and if they kind of hit the nail on the head. I think there's a huge opportunity for people to put themselves in the shop window with this forum because of such a specific question that's been asked by two uh, fairly big clubs. Yeah, I think with those those two questions in particular, we see a lot of analysis where there you're still making certain assumptions. This player has been signed, or he's he profiles similarly to their existing centre forward. Hmm. Now, obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a gap in that knowledge of understanding if it's true or if that was the intention in the first place. I think with these two presentation topics um, from Derby and Norseland, we'll be able those questions will be able to be answered along the way. Uh, for example, I think it's um, against a, a low block. Um, the Norseland presentation looks at how to get by a low block. Yeah. Perhaps there's been success from switching play frequently, and that's come up in the data as well. We've now got Norseland that can confirm, you know, that's something we've been working on or actually something that we found out, you know, perhaps by chance, for example, or work won the game and we adapt it from there. I think that taking away the assumption will be really powerful for those two presentations in particular. I think one thing that, I mean, very much just as a community and at the forum, like just defensive performance hasn't really, you know, like we have various counting stats, but they're, you know, like the number of tackles one probably doesn't tell you a lot. There hasn't been a huge amount in terms of, you know, sort of public work. So I think trying to just do some work in that area, you know, what makes Virgil van Dijk so good as a sort of motivating question. Because apart from passing and heading the ball, he doesn't really do anything in event data. So something around that, I think, quite interesting. Another thing that I'm just always kind of somewhat fascinated by is decision-making, like by players, you know, do I pass there or there? Do I shoot? Do I dribble? You know, are there some ways we can try and quantify that and look at, you know, maybe how that changes as they age or things like that? Yeah, I think they're two really nice, really nice ideas. I think defensive analysis in particular would be uh, would be really good. You could look at that. I suppose you've got with tracking data available. That's that's obviously the um, perhaps the more apparent way to go about it. But if there's an idea with event data, whether it's over looking at a defence over a longer period, whether it's uh, more biographical data, um, whether it's competition to competition, I think we'd um, we'd certainly make that data set available for the particular analysis. It doesn't have to look at one season of Premier League data, for example, if the analysis looks at players that have moved competitions, different um, formations in defence, for example, uh, different playing styles within that and how teams do with and without the ball. I think they're all areas that we could we could look to explore. So we're going to wrap things up fairly quickly on this relatively short pod for our standards. What have you learned? Previous forums, things you've learned, be it from talks, from networking opportunities, from the fun stories afterwards that you do want to share. What, what sort of What's your big, big takeaway from the forum? My first learning would be that simple presentations can be just as effective as those that are far more complex. If your aim at the forum is to get buy-in and kind of create a profile within the industry, those are more often than not the best way to do so and engaging club staff of you know approaches that they can actually implement themselves and they don't have to hire someone to do that. Obviously, that would be good for some people who want to get jobs in clubs, but I think that's, that's definitely a key one. Uh, and then also just the importance of really clear messaging and, and good visuals will 
mentioned it earlier, you know, it's, you know, have a consistent chart type, use a single font throughout, that seems like a quick win for most people as well. So there's, there's stuff you can do from a presentation point of view that can ensure that your watch remembered and, and is useful. Uh, and then also just like networking afterwards, if you want to meet someone who you know is attending, then reach out to the, the staff at Optipro and ask us to introduce you to them. It's not I don't feel people within football analytics are the best networkers at times, and that's probably because we've not, you know, it's an industry where networking happens differently to other industries, I think. And it's not so often that clubs have probably find themselves in a in a room with a bunch of bloggers. So lean on the staff, lean on people, you know, on Twitter to introduce you to people to get the most value out of the day. Yeah, and I think people have found that when they've spoken, you know, whether it's a person from outside of a club speaking to someone with a club, both sides benefit from those conversations as well. I think that's always important. I think a lot of the club staff we know have learned from the presentations or just to get a new perspective or sometimes to get a bit of a bit of honesty as well in certain situations. I think the um, the idea of you, um, you mentioned it earlier in terms of people looking at working in a club. Obviously, we've seen some presenters go on to work at clubs. I think a few months ago there was a job advert for an analyst at Manchester City, yep. which referenced previous experience either in a professional context or in a hobbyist context. I think that's a perfect example of, of a forward-thinking club looking at people that are doing work perhaps directly outside of this, of, within the space as such. Um, so I think that's a really nice example of it where it can prove you know, a useful gateway into, into people wanting to look to work to, in this space. And Will, from you? Well, yeah, just picking up on that last point, obviously several of the people we've talked about their presentations today have gone on to work in football, including myself. So it is a a way in, it's a way of raising your profile, it's a way of, you know, something you can point to on a CV, it's a good opportunity. I think also, like, my experience, like, talking to people in clubs and everything at the forum, like, everybody's very approachable. I think people come back year on year, you know, they're obviously getting value from it. Like, they they want to be there, (laughs) you know, like, and they're very interested in what people are doing and most of them are all right. (laughs) Most of them are all right. That's an endorsing message to anyone who's listening and has been to a forum before. That'll be the name of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them are all right. Perfect. I think we'll we'll wrap up there. Thank you very much, guys. Details are on the OptiPro website or the OptiPro Twitter page in terms of previous presentations, how to submit, what to include. Um, You're also welcome to get in touch directly with us. Uh, The email address is pro at optisports.com. Tom, thank you very much. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, Will. Will, thank you. Thanks, guys. And thank you for listening.